to the Mental More Mindset Podcast. I'm Yaa. As a peak performance coach and lifestyle architect, I help women who are ready to reach their next level, eliminate negative self-talk and break through what's been holding them back so they can have clarity, confidence and prosperity in their career and lifestyle. This podcast is to empower you with a Mental More Mindset and help you reach your next level so you can uncover your purpose, reclaim your power and reach your potential. This means no longer living by default but dreaming big and pushing yourself to be, do and have more. I want everyone to know that change is possible, that you are not alone, and there is an alternative way forward, because when you change your mind, it will change your life. Hi guys, and welcome to the next episode of the Meant for More Mindset with me, Yar. Today, I have the wonderful Naomi Smith today. Naomi, please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about you. Hello. So yes, I'm Naomi. I'm very, very excited to be here. Um, I um, have come along to talk about kind of two aspects of my career that I do simultaneously. So at the moment, I am the CEO of Homestart Camden and Islington, which is a charity that supports families who've got children under five who are facing really difficult circumstances and they need a little bit of extra support. And they reach out to us and we match them with a volunteer uh, for six months or a year. And it, it helps them to kind of get back on their feet, have, have a shoulder to cry on, have someone to hold the baby so they can get in the shower. You know, anything that, that um, anyone with kids out there listening will know is very, very difficult. And that's what we support with. And at the same time, I also run my own business where I'm the, the founder and director. That is Wordsmiths. Uh, and at Wordsmiths, we provide creative writing workshops to people with mental health difficulties. So we go into existing communities, uh, um, mental health hubs or community centres, and we put on workshops that just get everybody involved. And my, my favorite target is somebody who says they, they don't want to write or they can't write. And then we get in, we get a six week course and they end up writing a whole book's worth of stories. Oh. Uh, so I, I run that at the same time. Oh, I love that. And now tell us something about you that most people don't know. <laughs> um, so I, this is always my go-to when we have these in, in icebreakers and things. Um, I am like unhealthily obsessed with horror movies. Uh, it, yes, it doesn't go all the lovely, all the charity and the niceness. And then I'm like, yeah, blood and gore. Um, but yes, I'm a big fan. I, I went to HorrorCon this year. Um, I'm always the first person at opening weekend for the really terrible horrors that come out. Uh, yeah, big, big fan. Oh, wow. I, I can't stand horrors. Um, <laughs> I'm definitely on the other end of the spectrum. I won't be able to sleep if I watch a horror. Yeah. Um, so tell us um, about how you got to where you are now. Um, that can be both from a professional aspect, but also from a personal aspect too. Yeah, so it, it, it's difficult because I've got kind of like the two branches. So I'll talk about them both. Um, with the, the business that I started myself, that was very much kind of traditional hard work, lots of trying things and failing things, slogging through. Um, I started that in, in 2018. Uh, we've essentially, essentially I came up with a name first. So I'm Naomi Smith. I want to do something about writing. I came up with wordsmiths. And then I invented a business to suit the name <laughs> um, instead of the other way around. So I had this name and a vague idea that I wanted to teach people writing. Um, at this point, I didn't even work in the charity game. So I didn't know I wanted it to, to help people. I thought I just wanted to, to teach. Um, and I went along to the Prince's Trust, have a young entrepreneurs program. I went along there and it just changed my life. They, they essentially legitimized my ideas and it stopped being a daydream in my bedroom and it started being a business plan and from there I just did not stop I um I went around you know doing the, the cold email thing turning up at community centers just just by myself trying to um practice the the course to get the course right 
um, which now is has been running for about four years and is, is really sleek. And I know exactly the, the full full time and how it helps people. Um, so I, I kind of built it from there, kind of like the traditional way. I then went back to uni. Uh, my undergrad was creative writing, um, so, which kind of fed into it. But I didn't have the, the psychology to to make sure that it was helping people. So I went back and got a master's in positive psychology, uh, which is all about uh sort of like what's what's right with people's strengths um how people can tap into what they already have to improve um their mood uh, rather than more traditional psychology that that might look at the past stuff positive psychology looks forward so it was the perfect one for my my um groups so i used that that combination of my two degrees and the the knowledge i'd got from prince's trust to create this this business that um that did take off and then of course as i'm sure you hear from every guest covid came and it just it just stopped um Partly because I couldn't do my in-person workshops, partly because I was tired and I just I, I, I essentially just didn't want to do it um, for the, I think, maybe nine months. I just said, you know, I'm not going to try. I'm not going to do online. I just need a break. So I took the break um, and then came back again about midway through 2021. Um, and it's blossomed again because people people need it more now. So that's taken on and it's actually grown now where I have employees who who, who take it and run it for me, which is very much like handing your baby over to somebody. Um, but, I ha- but I have tutors I absolutely love and trust completely. Um, and that's that's incredible, feeling it grow so that you're not needed anymore. And I just send an email and then they go off and do it. Is After starting, you know, as I say, just in my bedroom of a dream, feels incredible. Um, so that's where I went with Wordsmiths. Um, with uh, being the CEO of Homestart, much more of a leap. Um, so I was working in homelessness for about four years, working at a lovely, lovely shelter in Woking. Um, really kind of worked my way up there. I came in just making the Sunday dinners um, and then became an outreach worker. And then I became manager of the outreach team kind of slowly over the four years. Um, my time came to an end there um, just because I didn't really want the commute anymore. And I started looking around at other jobs and I just, I just essentially believed in myself. That I could make this jump from managing an outreach team to CEO and I thought yeah I can, I can do it and it, it felt a bit wild at the time um, but, you know I, I interviewed a few places and um, managed to get this one which has been going amazingly um, so that one was just a pure leap of faith and thankfully the wonderful trustees there um, took a bit of a chance on me and um, it's all gone very well it's, it's all been very successful but I think because I had the business at the side that kind of gave me that confidence to be like you know what just just go for it that's how I got to where I am. I love that. No, and what you spoke about there was a leap of faith. And I really um, wanted to know where that came from. I know you said a part of it came from the business, but is there, would you say it came from anywhere else? Um, yeah, I think just, um, so what, what I always say about myself, I think is a real, real benefit is I, I don't have much fear of failure. Um, and I always say that's because I'm not very good at anything. So um, everything I do, I have to really try and learn. I, you know, there's some people that can just, you know, pick up a ball when they know how to do football or pro, they can just do it straight away. And that kind of continues through life. I don't have that. <laughs> I'm very clumsy, I'm very useless. So I think because I spent my whole life failing and keep trying, it means I don't really worry. And I think some people get held back by that, that fear. Um, so I, I, interviewed, I interviewed for nine months for these way out of my reach jobs before I, I I got one because I just kept being like it's fine like I don't mind failing I don't mind these embarrassing interviews mm. where they ask me about what what would be the financial risks and I just sit there blankly because I don't know <laughs> um I don't worry about that so I just kept going through it and then as I say eventually I found the one that was right for me as well as as me being right for them 
I love that. So I love the way you interviewed nine different times. And so was it like each time that you interviewed was almost like a, um, a not a test, but I don't even know what the word I'm looking for is like a it was the uh, you learnt new things so then you could apply to the next interview. And then Absolutely. The so partly I learned what, what companies were looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, as I said, the first ones were really, really like I cannot tell you how embarrassing they were where I, I just sit blankly because I didn't know because. Um, so the, the, the big jump isn't from one leadership role to another leadership role. It's from operational thinking to strategic thinking. Mm. That's really hard. I found it really hard to get my head around because I, I love operations. I, I wanted to I wanted to solve all the problems. And I wanted to get in and, and find the solutions. But that's not what you need at, at, at the higher up levels. You need to kind of just guide the company and the staff so that they can they can um, do everything that needs to be done. Um, so I learned kind of what they were looking for based on the questions. But more than that, I kind of learned how how to be. So I, as you might expect from uh, me making these jump, I do have a little bit of imposter syndrome in everything I do. I always think I'm going to get found out um, for not for not being uh, good enough, uh, which, you know, you have to kind of ignore that voice. But what I learned going through these interviews is that they didn't actually want me to give these perfect answers and pretend I knew and just say, oh, yes. So here's the answer I got from Google. Um, it went down much better if I would just laugh and be like, yeah, I've got no, honestly, I put hands up, no experience in that, but I'll, I'll give it a good go. Um, so when I came to, to Homestart um, and we, we kind of talked around and I was just really honest, I said, I said Look, I've got no experience bringing in big money. I bought in kind of like small grants, but I've not got no experience in that, but I can write. I can write really well, so I will be able to write grant applications and I've got no experience in finance. And they said, that's fine. Like we, you know, there was, there was no like shocking, get out of the room. Um, they, they said, that's fine. Like we've got a bookkeeper, we've got a treasurer, we'll help you through it. Um, you've got other traits. You've got this like leadership style. You've got this creative thinking. Like that's what we're looking for. You, you, you're still allowed to learn once you're at this CEO level. Which I, I, I kind of thought you had to go in and be this amazing person with 30 years experience I don't have. Um, but yes, yeah, so I, I kind of through these interviews, I learned that it's okay not to know everything and that that's not what people are looking for. And I love that. So in terms of not knowing and um, not needing to know everything, how has that freed you in terms of the way you work and in life generally, really? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's as soon as you realise it, it just everything gets so much easier. It's, it's that thing where you're sat in, in class or in a meeting and you don't understand something that's been said and you don't want to ask because you don't want to sound silly that you didn't know. So then you just never find out the answer. Right? And I think that's that's quite common. Um, and as soon as I let that go, and like in the middle of in the middle of meeting, you know, I'll, I'll be in the middle of meeting trying to trying to feel like the leader, and then I'll have to stop me like, I'm so sorry, I have no idea what that phrase you just used meant. And, and people don't people aren't shocked. People don't try and fire me. Um, they just they explain it and we move on. Um, and it gives you that that much more freedom to, to 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 learn new things. And it also means that I've not got any kind of chip on my shoulder about where responsibilities lie. Um, so obviously they talk about delegating being a big part. of um leadership um i i believe a lot that you should just let people like own their role and and try this this new creative way the way that i've been allowed to do this has helped me get to where i am um so if i have something at this big task to do and i'm not the person to do it, it there's there's no qualms about pulling in somebody from from any any area of the business any area of my life just like you're the perfect person for this can you support me rather than kind of just trying to muddle through 
Wonderful. And so in terms of, because I know you spoke a little bit about your um, business as well earlier, about giving up control. How is that, and learning to delegate more? I know yes. that's benefited you, but how is that, what, how, how did that mind shift come about? Yeah, I mean, it, it came from necessity, like anything. So I, the, having the business and the um, career has always been a choice. There's been lots of times throughout my life where I could have said, you know what, I'm going to do it. I'm going to quit the job. I'm going to throw myself into wordsmiths and I'm going to make it big. I've had those opportunities and I've decided against them because personally, I, I like to have the two running at the same time. <laughs> so if I want that and I've, I've made that decision, you have to make the decision to let, let it grow without you. Um, which, like I say, it was difficult, but overall, it was what I wanted for myself as well as for the business. Um, so I did I did interviews um, to get people uh, to take over for, for being facilitators. Oh. It's very difficult to spot what people need. It's a very varied role. You need to be able to, you know, speak to a room. You need to be a bit of an actor. You also oh. need to understand sort of mental health concerns and anxieties. Um, you also need to know the course and understand the kind of literature behind it. It's very difficult to find somebody I trusted. Um, and I actually ended up hiring somebody who was attending my courses as a service user. Uh, I, I love her. <laughs> um, she'd been through the course about 12 times. She just kept coming back through, back through, back through. So she was passionate about it. She was lighting up the class and it made it so much easier because instead of saying, okay, I've hired a person and they're my employee and I'm going to hand them this, I could just say, I know her and I know her style and I know she cares. And now she can become a part of it rather than like I'm handing it over. So I also now, after working on my own for four years, she comes to me with all these ideas and, and plans and new things we can do. And it, it's like having a team, which is what you really miss out on when you're an entrepreneur. You have no team and no one to bounce off of. So it's, it's been really nice. I love that. I love that. So what's it like being a part of a team now, both mm. in your business and in your role? Yeah, it's, it's infinitely better. <laughs> um, so any of the um, entrepreneur classes or build your own business classes I've been to, they always say it's really lonely. And you go, oh, I'll be fine, it'll be fine, you know. But it's not, it's so lonely. <laughs> it's not fine, it's really lonely, it's really scary. Um, and it's just so nice to be able to talk to them because sometimes as well, when, when the business gets going, you have to make decisions that you would never have made early on, like turning down business. Mm. Um, if, if it's not right so for example if somebody comes along and says oh I think so at the moment I don't have the, the course uh, like redesigned for children mm -hmm. and back in the day if someone came to me and said oh we've got a group of children would you I'd be like yeah we'll do it uh, just because you know you're just trying to grab business where you can in the mm -hmm. early days but now you need to, I need to be able to sit back and think is this right for us is it right for them and that needs to be a conversation and it can't be a conversation in your head um, it, yeah. it needs to be an outward one so you know early on you can talk to family and friends but four years in they just they're sick of it they just want to hear you know they want to hear about your life they want to talk about what they've been up to they don't want a business meeting every time you meet them for coffee um so having this person that you can just call and chat to and and at work having these team meetings where you can get lots of different minds on one problem it just seeing the difference is amazing oh that's so good and I know that you're a mental health advocate mm -hmm. so what led you to become so deeply involved with mental health and well-being yeah, so it was it was a bit of an odd one. Um, so up until I was about 24, I wasn't working in charity at all. Um, I, was, I wanted to be a writer. Um, I, I had no idea about uh, that, but I was working at a um, job I didn't particularly like, you, you know, just sort of a money-making job. Yeah. Um, and I wanted something to do that wasn't that job because it was taking up a lot of my time. I wanted just a break. 
and um, I started volunteering at a uh, like a mobile book library for homeless people so it would pull up with all the food vans um, so people would be maybe 100 people each night would come along get their hot meal but they could always get a book to take back to, to wherever they were sleeping um, just to kind of help get through the night and it was honestly the highlight of my week I was there for two hours and it just it it got me through the all of the work and and, and uni and I just I loved it so much um, and then I just went headfirst into it. I just, I quit my job. And then I went and got three different jobs in all three part-time jobs in charity work, just to figure out where I wanted to be and what I liked. Yeah. Um, and that, that through that, I kind of figured out the the causes that like really struck my heart and the people that when I was working with them, I really felt I could, I could support, um, which led me to homelessness. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of specialized when I was there in supporting rough sleepers with mental health conditions, mm-hmm. because it, they, those are people that I could just connect with and I could really reach um, and you do get anybody in the charity world they'll, they'll be like a certain support need that, that they find easiest to, to connect with and that's just where I went um, and then it just sort of it fed into everything else as I said I went back to uni my experiences at work fed into the, the business oh. and then the business itself is just so when you get your feedback forms when you do feedback forms for any other job and it's you know this course was fine you know you're like, oh great when it's something you've created and people are saying thank you I got out of bed this week because of this like yeah it, it your heart just goes and it, it there's nothing like it so you kind of chase that feel and chase what and help more and more people yeah I love that I love it because I get the same feeling too so yeah I love it just sure. the idea of being able to help people grow and be better mm-hmm. and and in turn it helps me grow and be better too so it's like it's not it's give and take it's not just all one way it's both yeah, ways um so what I wanted to ask you um, next was in terms of, because um, you said that your co- course helps people um, get up in the morning. What motivates you and gets you up in the morning? Yeah, um, I always find this a strange question. I've never had difficulty springing out of bed and being excited <laughs> about the day, no matter what I'm doing. You know, when I was a waitress, I was ready to go. I just love, I love uh, being busy. Um, but definitely it is that idea. Like I say, I, I, being able to help people has always been my big motivating factor. Um, and part of why I wanted to kind of climb so quickly was because the, the the higher up you go or the bus- bigger the business gets, the, your reach gets bigger. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you're a sport worker, you can maybe help three people in a day. But doing what I do, I now I don't I don't see I don't see the people, but I know that if I the, the work I'm doing kind of has this wide reaching effect, and I, I know I can help more people. Um, which which is yeah, but I, I, I don't know how else I would get out of bed. You know, that's the biggest reason. It's a good one, I think. Yeah, it is. Because I, um, so this is a little known fact about me, is that I used to also, um, I did it twice, actually. I was a volunteer for Homestock, once in Swindon and then once in South London. This oh. was a year ago while I was, um, one just before uni and one during uni. Um, and yeah, the impact is very, very, there's a shift that happens with with yourself, but, but more so the families that you help. So you're absolutely right. So even though you may not be able to see everybody on a daily basis, it does make a difference. Um, and even with the second family, after I left, they were still asking about me. So I was oh, like, lovely. so yeah, so yeah. So you're making a big, big, big difference. Um, in terms of your career though, you mentioned earlier that um, you started out um, because you wanted to be you were going into writing so in, when you made that shift how was that for you was that a scary thing or was that kind of like no I've had enough it's time to no it, it felt really right um, mm-hmm. so I, I have a bit of a problem where I always feel like I haven't done enough 
quickly enough and it is a problem it, it sounds like a, a really good motivating thing but it isn't it's a flaw mm-hmm. um in that I always feel like whatever I'm doing I should have done it five years ago um and that was how I felt when I realized okay I'm going to take this shift um so I was, I was like 23 24 and I was like well I should have been doing this since I was 18 what what's wrong with me this is obviously if only if only I'd figured this out sooner you know and I really beat myself up about it but they were you know those were great years I was traveling I was at uni they, they, there's no way I could consider those years a failure but when I shifted I was like well that was a waste of time I should have been think of where I could be now if I'd start you know yeah. which is a terrible thinking um so actually when I made that shift it, was just, it almost felt like a relief I was finally doing what I needed to do and of course I brought the writing with me because that's that's the basis mm-hmm. of the business so it wasn't it wasn't too scary a, a shift because it was almost like still within my comfort zone. Yeah. So in terms of the needed feeling like you needed to be where you are now five years ago, um, has the, what what problems has that created for you? It just it means that I don't want to say I'm never happy. I'm a very happy person. You know, mm-hmm. professionally speaking, I'm never satisfied, mm-hmm. and it's not okay to carry on like that. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like so when I got the news that I got this CEO job that like I said was this huge leap the next day I was like mm, but I've never opened a foundation have I <laughs> like I, like I I don't know where it comes from but just as soon as I get one thing I'm like well I've achieved that what can I do next mm. um, which isn't sustainable um and isn't isn't um isn't very kind to yourself mm. um so it has meant I'm you know and it, it has pushed me to, to kind of maybe be in positions at a very young age but it's it's not the way that you should carry on so I've really in the last year learned to kind of slow down appreciate what I've got um not and also kind of look for the positives outside of work you know I, I'm, I love working um, <laughs> um you have to have that balance right which when you're doing the two things at once you, mm-hmm. it's very easy to fall into 100% work all the time yeah, yeah. and really learning the balance more oh, it's so so in terms of the balance, what do you do to maintain the balance? Um, you start, because, again, it all kind of feeds in together. Because I live in the mental health and wellbeing mindset, I do practice what I preach. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I didn't used to. So in 2018, I was trying to do everything. So I had the masters, I had three jobs, I was starting the business um, and I was burning out like left, right and centre because I wasn't making any room for it. It was all I did. Um, I'd wake up in the morning, I'd write an essay at 6am and then I'd cycle to work and then I'd work a five hour shift and then I'd come home and then I'd try and make more for the course. And, and I did, and I completely burnt out, like with, in like a, a, a mental health sense of the word, I, I, I wasn't functioning properly <sighs> and it was terrifying. So because I had that experience, I now, I can almost see the indicators of when that's coming back. You know, I start making stupid mistakes. I start finding my keys in the fridge, you know, just little things that say your brain's not firing properly because you're not, you're not giving it space so I can now notice it before it happens and then do what I need to do you know take a day off work just just on the day like take the day off work mm-hmm. um and then in the evening my evenings are really important to me um as soon as I finish work now like it, it's done and it's go and I try to do something every evening so I'm not much of a homebody um so you know always out at, at an activity or um swimming or going to a museum something so at the end of the day you don't look back and go what did I do today oh, I went to work you know I went back to work I went to work and I went for a meal and I went you know so you kind of have that balance like literally in your life is is not not all of the hours of the day are about work yeah oh I love that I know that you're you've said that you're not afraid of failure you just kind of just learn as you go but what would you say has been your biggest failure and what did you learn from it 
before the pandemic, I, I tried to do what I've done now and expand and get um, pe new people on board. Mm -hmm. And I did it through the, the recruitment online sort of thing. Um, and at the time it was volunteers rather than employees. Um, and I had, I had a good, good turnout. Uh, and I brought people in, introduced them to the course, did the training, brought them together. Like it, I was quite far along the process. And then after people had done all of that, I said, so do, do you want to sign up? And everyone said, yeah, that's great. Um, and then one man pulled me aside and said, just to let you know, I, I don't have a clean DBS. Like I've got, I've got a criminal record. Oh, so the wordsmiths. This is the wordsmiths. I really advocate for, for people helping people get back into to work after mm -hmm. having an offending history. Mm -hmm. But the role that he'd been put into, I couldn't have somebody without a clean DBS at the time because a lot of um, a lot of the, my clients they need it because you're going to be loan working. Yeah. I wanted to put him in a different role that wouldn't be be trying to face him, um, and it really upset him, mm -hmm. and. It, it really kind of escalated into this bigger thing, felt really offended, um, thought I was discriminating against him. Um, really, like, it, it just kind of got out of control of what I could manage because I'd handled it in a very kind of colloquial way. I'd just got to be like, oh, sorry, you can't, you can't do this one then, we'll figure it out, um, without thinking about how that would kind of affect him. Uh -huh. um, and, and it escalated and, and he wanted to kind of, he wanted to sue me and all of this thing. And he, did, he didn't because I hadn't really done anything wrong. Um, but looking back, all I had to have done to avoid all of that is remember about the DBSs and put it on the job advert. Mm -hmm. That's all I'd had to have done. And I wouldn't have put him through it. I wouldn't have put me through it. Um, so I, I, I really, I think about that a lot. That's really stayed with me. I feel I've, I've got a lot of guilt around it. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of um, worry now because I think, oh, you know, what else is there that you don't think of? But if I just had the time to sit and go, ah, this is important, put it on the job. Or, or, or I'd mentioned it at any point throughout. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think that was my biggest failure but again it made me really learn from it about um, about attention to detail about yeah. thinking about um, every everything that could go wrong um, yeah. if you, when you're getting excited about things you've got this new idea it's very easy to think about everything and go right but you have to think about okay imagine worst case scenarios and then put things in place to, to, to manage them yeah I love that so in terms of a lot of people do do that and as a result they don't actually start so they think about everything that could go wrong and then as a result say they're not ready yeah. so what would you say in terms of being able to still um have that contingency plan in place but still wanting to move forward choosing to move forward I should say yeah yeah I mean it, it's it's a, it's a balance isn't it it's um weighing up so if this does go horribly wrong mm. what what's the outcome what's that look like and, and being realistic and not not catastrophizing yeah okay so what what happens do I you know and even worst case scenario say say that one has gone horribly wrong I've been sued business gets taken away from me mm. that's still not that bad of a scenario you know I still I've still got everything else in my life you know so you've got to kind of weigh up where the risks are and where they aren't and um not be held back by them because in reality it's as much as you might love your business or your work it's, it's work right so you need to be able to have this really objective look at things and not you know like in our personal life yeah if we worry about things there's, there's, there's genuine you know you might lose people or you might you yeah. mental health might decline. those are those are big concerns but you've got to be able to take a step back at work and look at it quite coldly and logically i think if you can do that then you kind yeah. of assess what's a positive risk and what's too much of a risk yeah, that's very, very true. So in terms of um, resources, what resources would you say have helped you along the way? The um, 
that I've, I've mentioned slightly the the build your own business and your entrepreneur courses they have been my absolute lifeline throughout this um so I talked about the prince's trust that kind of took me from nothing to something mm-hmm. um I've also been with the school of social entrepreneurs mm-hmm. which is a, a year-long course yeah. um that kind of when when you're already up and running a little bit and that you just need that push so at each at each point there is a there is a, a, a program out there, whatever stage you're at, to help you get to the next stage. Yeah. And they are they are wonderful because yes, you learn you learn some business skills, um, make some connections, but what you get is this like validation and somebody saying, I I I believe in your idea as much as you do, or um, and just the confidence around it. You 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 walk out of a class, you you know, if you spend a week in a class focusing on something you care about you've already put the work in so you walk away with this feeling of confidence because you you've done it you've started something mm. whereas if you just sat at your laptop researching you might spend the same amount of time but you don't you don't feel it you don't feel like you put it out into the world um and there's always people there that you can you can lean on whether it's people you meet on the course or the, or the course facilitators um there's there's somebody that you can call yeah um, before you have your team around you like I said before yeah. there's somebody who you can call and say uh, I'm, I'm really struggling or I don't I don't know the answer to this what what do you think you know so these courses are fantastic and say so the ones I've done have been kind of like for being like under 30 they're specialist ones or mm-hmm. um, being specifically in London but I've recently helped somebody get onto a course that's for uh, starting a business if you're over 50 so oh. yeah so there's so many out there that, I'm, yeah. that whatever your situation is somebody specifically is ready to help you um, so I think that those are just invaluable I love that. And I also know that you've um, really had um, been really benefited from the power of mentoring. Can you speak a little bit about that? Yes. Yeah, I absolutely love mentoring. I've got a new one now as well. <laughs> At every point in my life, I pull them from everywhere. Um, so I had I had a mentor um, with Prince's Trust. I had a mentor with the School of Social Entrepreneurs. I have a mentor now with work. Um, it's just a really nice, safe space to be able to put across any of your fears um because I think in a lot of what we do in like leadership at work or Mm. business you do have to put on a little bit of a face and you know Mm. because people need to feel confident in you um Mm. if I went into work tomorrow and in my team meeting said oh my god I don't know what we're going to do everything's going horribly wrong it's it's not (laughs) but you know if I went in and said ah like I'm I I don't know what to do um about this situation Mm-hmm. that's not fair on other people you can't do that but with a mentor you're you can go in and say okay here's the situation I need to talk this through and the really good mentors won't tell you what to do even if they know <laughs> and they'll, they'll get you to talk through a little bit like therapy get yeah. you to talk through all the problems all the solutions until you figure out what you want to do um, and it is uh, it's fantastic it just um as I said it's just a space it's a space where you're allowed yeah. to admit everything and talk about everything and then um at the end of it you've got somebody going yes go and do it oh and the other thing is accountability yeah accountability is so difficult when you're on your own <laughs> you know it's so easy I, I used to have a real problem with not replying to emails you know I'd get a really difficult email and then I wouldn't reply to it for like two three weeks because no one was telling me to because I'm the only one who cares right it's my business um, and then I stay up at night with all the anxiety because I know that emails in my inbox mm-hmm. it takes two minutes to reply to um, but you just don't get to it with the mentors mm-hmm. it means that you know I'm like oh 
it's Wednesday tomorrow. I'm going to meet my mentor and I haven't sent that email and he's going to ask about it. I'm going to go and send the email. So I, you know, and it's, it's important because that's how, that's how work works. You know, that's how management works, but yeah. um, you don't have that when you're on your own or when you're, or you're at a leadership level. So it's really nice to have somebody that you've opted into being your, being your accountability. I love that. You spoke a little bit there about be about anxiety and um, how are you coping with that now? Cause you said that you've got better. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I just um, I'm much better at organising myself, and not. And I think because I'm doing less, and like I say, because I give myself that that free time in the evening. Um, I think when I was in that burnout stage where I wouldn't reply to anything, it was just because you could you couldn't bear it because you know that when you send that email, two more are coming back. Mm. Um, so now that I manage my time better, um, it's not. It doesn't seem like a huge task. It seems like the two minutes that it is because yeah. I I've got more of a balance. Yeah. Um, so I think as soon as I start to do it again, again, it's one of my warning signs. I'm doing too much. And I need to pull it back. Yeah, I love that. So what would you say is your greatest fear and how has it influenced you, helped you or actually held you back? Um, it, it's a strange one. So I have like this fear of um, it all, all going away. Mm-hmm. And like I say, it's with, with the imposter syndrome thing where I feel like I'm, I'm not I'm not good enough you know day to day I feel great I feel like absolutely of course this is where I should be and, and you know and, and you're getting through all your tasks but there is always a this teeny little voice that says ah oh, but what if it all it all goes away um and it hasn't held me back because I do ignore it <laughs> um but it is something that I, I think about every now and then um but again it's something I had to teach myself you know that no one cares if if I um if I lost my job now if if, if you know you sorry thanks for being CEO we don't want you anymore yeah I don't know what no one at the pub is going to be like ha 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 you're not a CEO anymore it's not not how the world works no one's going to be like wow how embarrassing you tried and you failed yeah but in your head you're like oh no it's everyone's gonna everyone's gonna know that um it all went away but literally nobody cares so (laughs) um it hasn't I don't know if it's influenced any of my decisions but it's certainly a, a voice that stays there yeah so what do you do with that voice it's it's just sheer willpower ignoring it and just doing more and and sometimes just reminding myself um of like what 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 I've achieved and that really lame when I used to get it really bad I used to go and read my CV oh, <laughs> and no. like, you know it'd be like a little affirmation thing be like oh no you did that and you did this and you know that's good well Look, done. I think that's I think that's an amazing idea I really really do yeah, okay good no I do because I think it's it's that thing of where um you just have to remind yourself who you are. You see, like, on, like, Instagram and stuff, it'll be, like, you're feeling crap or whatever. Now get up and remind yourself who the F you are. Like, that yeah. kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that's it. And you've achieved so much. So, yeah. <laughs> Good. Well done, you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Nice little tool to have to hand when you're feeling... Yeah. And I think that's actually a really good, yeah, a really good resource. <laughs> thank you for the reminder um um, and so my next question is how do you fit it all in and have you ever felt like you couldn't uh yeah I mean I I never admit I can't fit it in until it's too Mm. late um but now I think I absolutely can so this is the other thing I should mention um I work four days a week at my job Mm-hmm. And one day a week with the business um previously that was three days at the job two days at the business mm-hmm. but that is how so when I talk about having these two things at once I'm still doing a nine to, a Monday to Friday um I just like I say I make that decision I decide where the time goes and 
I'm, I'm able now only to give one day a week, not two days a week. Um, but I couldn't have done it if I was working full time. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be possible. Um, mm-hmm. Doing it in the evenings, it, it doesn't suit my lifestyle or, or kind of my uh, capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, and I, and I think that's fine. And I've also gone to some jobs where they've advertised for a full time person, mm-hmm. and I said no. <laughs> you can have me for part-time and they're fine with it so again it's having that confidence to ask and, and say look this is this is my calendar this is what I can fit in yeah do, do you want me and if they say no then you go and move on to the next one because I've decided that the business is a is, is non-movable you know that I have to have at least one day a week to work on it and and yeah people people will, will work to help you and work to fit around it I love that and so where did that come from for you the idea of being able to ask for what you want as opposed to just accepting things as they are you learn it don't you um I think naturally when you're when you're a bit younger or if you're just not a particularly loud person you just naturally just take things and you know it's the classic thing of uh if they need someone to cover a shift they're always calling you (laughs) you know you're probably being a little bit of a pushover and you need to learn to 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 be a bit more assertive Uh, Mm -hmm. so that used to very much be me and I I spent a lot of time actively trying to stop myself from being a pushover mm-hmm. um and like I'd, I'd catch it when I was doing it and I'd write down I'm, I'm a big tall person so I'd write down whenever I did something where I stood up for myself and then again I'd reread that as an affirmation so I learned like a real like <laughs> actively tried to learn to be less of a pushover um and then that kind of once I felt that I had that it then the next step was to be not just not a pushover but to be assertive and to ask for the things you want and as soon as you start asking, it is incredible how quickly you learn that people will give you what you ask for. Because yeah. um, you're not, you're not, you're not asking for the world. You know, I never ask for anything that's sort of inappropriate or too much. And I'm not being selfish. I'm just saying this is what I can do. Um, and if you lay it out for people, people aren't horrified by it. People will will, um, will work around. It. And you you just learn it by asking. I think so. You got to you got to go out. You got to ask. You got to ask. And yeah, you might get a few rejections, but. Yeah. the ones that you get that say yes will make your life so much easier that you'll it will motivate you to do it again next time oh I love that I love it I love it I love it <laughs> what it, I really do um what excites you the most about the next 12 months oh so the today's 12 months I think are going to be quite big um so as I say this is so it was only recently that I got this in my business this employee that's changed everything Mm-hmm. Um, so in the next 12 months I'm going to do it again I'm going to get another I'm going to get another person you know and it's this is it you know this is like where the uh, the ball starts rolling and it'll start mm. to speed. Um, so I can see you know uh, maybe close to Christmas once we get an- another person on board and then they can spread and I, I, and the spread is so exciting to me thinking about all the all the new people we can we can help and reach um, so that's so exciting um, and then in the next 12 months of the business is, is probably, but more personally for me, like I've, I've had, so I've been there for six months. That's been a, you know, that, for any job, that's a learning period. That's getting to know your colleagues, getting to know the business, me getting to know what it's like to be a CEO for the first time. And that's done. And I'm, I'm in and I'm settled. So the 12 months ahead are like where I get to really like run with it and, and mm-hmm. do things that I hope to do straight away, but you, I needed the time to learn. Yeah. Um, and now, now I'm in that position where I can, I can, I can try things and, and, and kind of like expand where I want rather than just learning 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 oh I love that oh well we're done and I know the next um 12 6 to 12 months is going to be amazing for you um so my next question is what advice would you give to a woman who wants to go to her next level but isn't sure where or how to start um yeah so I think 
kind of pulling on the things I've said, see who you've got around you that you can talk to. There might be a manager at work that, you know, really supports you. There might be, you might have a really cool aunt who's like doing, doing her thing and she can give you a bit of advice. Even if it's not professional, she can teach you how to, you know, go get out there and, and, and ask for things. Um, and then I think the biggest thing that I've said for is, is just not, not worrying about uh, failing um, and just, just trying things. And I, I know that, so I'm, I'm in a position, you know, where if I, when I tried things financially, you know, I lose, I, you know, I haven't got any kids or anything to think, but I know that that's something that people have to think about a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, so take the risks that, are, that work for you, but take them, take the risks you can, you know, even if it's the small ones, um, you've just got to kind of push for it. Um, there's a song that I listen to uh, whenever I've got something big coming up, like an interview or something, um, that's called You Are Such a Loser. Um, and it's essentially about how hard it is to try and fail, how that's amazing. Um, and it ends, it says, um, it's better to be a loser than a spectator. Yeah. And I think about that all the time. And I, I and it really makes me like, oh yeah, like it's better to come last in the race than to watch the race, you know? So I think mean, if you keep yeah. that in mind and you just do, even if it's a small step, you know, ask, ask for a, a little pay rise or, or see if you can take on a different role. Or even something that, that yeah not this huge leap but can just be something small just think yeah well it's, it's better to try I love that and so in what's the I wanted to ask what's the um who's the song by uh it's called Garfunkel and Oates it's, uh, a, it's a, a duo duo female band okay cool I'll um I'll put that in the show notes for anybody who wants to go and listen to it um and um if you could step in my shoes and ask yourself a question that I haven't asked already what would that question be oh wow um I guess it would be kind of like more, um, so you talk about like the resources that have been good, but maybe about like who, who, who I'm quite thankful for to, to, get, to get where I am. Because I think when talking about, um, you know, everything you've done and where, where you are, you, you've got to think about the, the people that, you mm-hmm. know, supported you to get there. And I've mentioned it a bit about just like the people that have put up with me um, and, and helped me through everything. And so my mum my and my sister, my, my sister's also very much in my mindset, always trying to do her own thing. And in our family WhatsApp group, it's mainly just us all tipping in with little questions and little asks, and you know, and it's, it's been that way for a long time. Um, my mum also does my accounts. Um, so um, just people that, you know, they can, and like I've got a partner that supports me along the way and, and doesn't mind when I'm like, oh, okay, well, I've got, I've got eight meetings today. I'll see you in three weeks, you know? <laughs> um, so it's just, I think, yeah, thinking about the people as well, that because if you are going to do it and you are going to do the push, it does, it does kind of affect the people around you. So being thankful to the people that support you with that. Oh, I love that. Um, and then my last question for you is, what gives you a meant for more mindset? That's lovely. Um, I think just the, um, it's, it's, just, it's just a drive that comes from inside you and an, an, an excitement for what I do. Uh-huh. Um, so I think, I don't, I don't know if I could do this work, do what I do and, and get to where I've got to if I wasn't really passionate about it. Mm-hmm. um that comes easy because charity world is driven by passion um so but I just hope that anyone that's that's looking to do the same thing whatever their industry is if they've got that kind of passion in their chest for it that that's what's driving them because it, it can't be just about oh I really want to be CEO I don't care how or who <laughs> you know it has to be I want to I want the, the, the actual core of the work is what's driving me and then you know you, you you change roles and you do different things but at the base of it you're driven by that that passion 
I love that. So Naomi, I just want to say thank you so much. I just love your tenacity. I love your drive. I love your willingness to try and try and keep trying. I love that whole idea of you just keep going until. Um, I love the fact that you've balance you've created a balance in your life of all the things that you love and you enjoy and are passionate about I love like you being able to share your story of being able to take big leaps despite the um the imposter syndrome that you have and still deciding that I'm going to do this I'm going to give this a try because like just like you said you're not afraid to fail and, and I love the beauty of that and I just love the fact that you just keep going and as you do your the drive behind it is not just to just help yourself it's not an egotistical thing it's actually a drive to help others become their best too so I really really love that and I want to say thank you for all that you do thank you thank you so much for having me it's been a very fun morning you're welcome um and where can our listeners connect with you online yeah um so i am on on linkedin and um, so you can get me on there that's perfect or um plug the website a little bit um uh, wordsmithsworkshops.com so you can learn more about the business and you can contact me through there as well brilliant thank you so much so guys that's it for today's episode and i just want to say thank you so much again for listening and we shall see you on the next one take care bye thank you so much for listening to this episode for more about me what i do check out my website nextlevelcoachinggroup.com where you can also download my free release your mindset blocks guide you can also follow me on instagram and next level coaching group or on facebook at next level lounge Please make sure you hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on any upcoming episodes. And if you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a rain and review. Thanks. See you on the next one.